In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Night Athens podcast. I'm your host, Seth Saunders. And in the next installment in our Georgia Story interview series, we are fired up today to have Jake Sapp with us. Jake is a proud Georgia grad, the founder of Peach State Light, the unofficial beer of the state of Georgia. And we are uh, thrilled to have you here, brother. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Seth. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be on a podcasts, um, anything that's talking about Georgia football gets me excited, so I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, man, so let's start here. Tell us about everything that is going on with Peach State Light currently and everything that is kind of on the horizon. Sure. Um, So we're looking at about 10 months into Peach State Light being in production to being, you know, accessible for people in the Georgia market. We've seen a pretty good growth curve. We've seen it kind of move across the state. Um, it's still not everywhere, um, but we're definitely working towards it. Um, we've had some big wins. Um, you can buy Peach State Light in a couple of kiosks at Truist Park, which has been really the most exciting thing from this uh, that's happened this spring and early summer. Um, but yeah, we're really we're just continuing to grow. You know, our footprint started in Athens. That's where I'm based, and so I can kind of hit the ground um, in Athens a lot. But we're really starting to pick up some momentum in some other markets. There's a couple places in Macon that are picking us up. There's some places in Augusta. Savannah has been really great as far as a market. So we're really, we're getting there in other markets and um, just kind of taking it one step at a time, trying to do, you know, growth in a, sustain, a sustainable way. Uh, we want to be able to meet the demand um, and really build a product that people can count on to be, you know, consistently good and feel like, it's a beer that they can uh, relate to and be glad to be drinking. So we love an entrepreneurial journey and, and the story behind all that. And part of what we love about yours is that the classic city is such an integral part of it. Right. Yeah. And not just as where you're based and where the idea for it started, but also because you're a dog. And so tell us about your path to UGA um, the decision to go there and kind of what part of your story that has played. You know, looking back, there's never really any other place I was interested in being or attending. I grew up in Athens, um, the north end of town. Um, I went to a high school just north of here. My mom was a paraprofessional in that school system. So I went to Madison County, but I grew up in Athens. My grandfather was a county commissioner in Clark County. He started a business in 1972 modern body shop. So we, our roots are just really deep in the Athens area. So there's never really any other looks anywhere else. I always wanted to go to Athens, always wanted to be a dog. So I went to UGA. Um, I graduated in 2013. So not the brightest years for Georgia football. Um, we've had a really great, like my whole life, Georgia has been a pretty fun team to watch, but those were some of the darker years of any of them. But I still had such a great experience, and there's still some great memories of that time, that great 2013 Georgia LSU shootout between uh, Zach Mettenberger and Aaron Murray. That's like one of my favorite college memories of a game. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was always going to be Georgia, and it's always been Georgia ever since. It's definitely one of the most important institutions in my life still. Um, and so that's kind of what's kept me in Athens and, um, and, and got me there in the first place. One of the other things that I love about your story is your path after graduating UGA and working with ESP. So tell us about uh, your journey there and uh, your experience with ESP. Yeah, so I worked one previous job before returning to ESP. I I worked in Columbia, South Carolina, um, another SEC uh, town, and worked for a landscape management company and and enjoyed my time, but I was really ready to get back to Athens. And so um, for the first eight years of my career, I was the program director at ESP. 
a lot of dogs fans are probably already familiar with the organization. The University of Georgia and the football team in particular do a ton with the organization. Um, a lot of the football players help with the big fundraiser every year. Aaron Murray are still to this day is super involved and one of the biggest champions of the organization. Um, every year for you know the dog fans when they're looking at Twitter or Instagram, you usually get highlights of an event called Bulldogs and Buddies. And that's always the Thursday of the bye week before Georgia, Florida. Um, the football team brings in um, ESP and uh, lets our participants interact with the players and just they get to, you know, be with their fans and, and the football team gets to be a fan of ESP. So it's really a special event. Uh, but yeah, that was what I did for my first eight years. ESP is a nonprofit for those who don't know in Watkinsville, Georgia, which, you know, is just south of Athens. Um, it serves children, adults with developmental disabilities. Uh, it's after school programs, it's summer camps, it's employment opportunities. It's just a big hub of the disability community to come and to, and to find their place um, and to find a place of belonging in a, in a of, of belonging and of acceptance. Um, and it was super influential in who I am today. And I'm still heavily involved in the organization. Yeah, I love that piece of story. I love what ESP does. I love that Georgia and the football program is so involved with it and, and you know, championing that mission and giving that organization the light that they deserve. I just, I love that. Tell us a little bit about your path after that and the the, the road trip experience that kind of influenced your path moving forward? Yeah. So 2020, uh, you know, the COVID was thick in it. ESP still went forward and we had summer camp during COVID. Everybody was masked up. We had really small little satellite camps, but it was just so imperative for our population in particular to still have that social interaction. And it was a hard decision. It was a stressful summer, but it was successful. Um, but after that, I was given the opportunity to take a, about a month-long sabbatical um, from work at ESP, and there wasn't much to do except pack up my truck. I had a camper shell on it, and me and my dog drove out west. Um, my wife met me for about two of the weeks, but we drove from here, and we made it as far as Glacier, Montana. But along the way, I was enjoying trying local beer and doing local things, and Different than a brewery experience, but a lot of times at these gas stations I was going through, I was coming across these local light beers, these local, these regional beers that are an alternative to maybe a typical Bud Light or Miller Light or Coors. And it, you know, something like Lone Star Beer in Texas or Old Style around the Chicago area or over out west, you have Rainier Beer. There's a a really cool beer called Montucky Cold Snacks. But I've seen all these really great brands and it kind of got my head turning um, about Georgia really didn't have that type of niche. Um, there's a lot of really great craft beer in the state, but there's really not a great local alternative to your Millers, your Coors, your Buds. Um, something that is that, you know, super drinkable, crushable, I call them a volume beer, um, good golf course <laughs> beer, good tailgate beer. But that somebody could still, you know, know that it was brewed in Georgia. It employs people from our state. And it's just all about um, the state of Georgia. And so I kind of went to a friend who does own a really successful brewery uh, with some partners in Swanee, Georgia, um, called Steelfire. Came to him with the idea. And that was, there was a little break there. Um, but when we came to that, you know, this time last year, um, those are kind of the resources I pulled together to kind of make that happen. And so what does that look like? So you have an idea, right? And which is a fantastic idea. And I love that you mentioned Lone Star because I, I, I don't think there's much better or, or I think like a more cultural experience than being in Texas and cracking open uh, Lone Star Long Neck right. and having, you know, the perspiration from that on one hand and then uh, barbecue sauce on the other hand, sure. eating some, some ribs or brisket or whatever it may be. Right. So I love that. And, and I love the, the culture behind that. And, and I think the idea for that for George is beautiful, but so where does it go next? You go, okay, this is what I kind of want the flavor profile to look like, or, Hey, there's these four beers I loved on my travels and, and let's have it fit somewhere in that pocket. Like what does that creative process look like? Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this actually on Friday, it's great. Again, I know this is such a 
Georgia-focused podcast. So people, a lot of times who are in Athens are usually there during football season. Um, but for all the fans of Georgia and Athens, a sneaky great time to be in Athens is June and July. Uh, mm -hmm. All the students are gone. There's all the great restaurants you love. You don't have to wait the three hours to get in them. And so uh, Friday, I was out at Sea Bear, um, and that's kind of in the Bottle Works area. And maybe, you know, in August and September, you're waiting an hour and a half. Me and my wife walked up and went straight to the bar, and we could just get right to it. So it's a really fun time. A lot of locals are just out and about kind of celebrating the empty city. Um, but I was talking to actually a friend I just ran into, and we were talking about Peach Eight Light, and he was asking me, like, what my brewing experience is. And, you know, something that I'm not shy about is that I have absolutely zero brewing experience. I think it would be disingenuous to tell people I do. Um, I know what good beer tastes like. I know that I like to drink beer. Uh, and I knew that the partners at Steelfire were world-class in making beer. They're one of the few breweries who have won national awards and Phil, their brewmaster, I kind of went to him, kind of what the flavor profile I was thinking. I want something light, crisp, easy, um, nothing bitter on it at all. And so, yeah, we kind of, he took me through a few flavor profiles, a few things that we could do. And we landed on the recipe for peach shade light, which is technically a golden ale. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it worked. I just went up to Steelfire and talked with Phil about what we wanted it to look like and what the profile should be. And then an actual expert at what he does was able to craft that and put it together. So, and then tell us about that first batch. So that comes out and you're fired up about it. And what, what then happens? Where are the first places that you kind of took it as almost like an incubator type thing to taste sure. test or to have people experience it? and have their kind of first experience with the brand? Well, the first experience, um, you talk about, you know, eating barbecue with Lone Star. The actual first group of people who got to drink Peach Shade Light in a can with the label, it was before it was even at our distributor or anything like that, but it was at White Tiger, which is another Athens staple. Yeah. My birthday, um, and we had a bunch of friends and a cooler full of beer, and, you know, um, White Tiger does great Georgia barbecue, pulled pork, mm -hmm. that is Georgia barbecue. And so that was the first experience. And I think that was a perfect jump into what Peach Eight Light is. It's just getting together with friends over food, hanging out. Um, and it got a good reception. My friends liked it. They liked the branding. They liked the, more importantly, they liked the beer that was inside the can. And then the next week we started shipping and our first partner was um, Golden Pantry. So another, I you know, I'm so blessed to have to have lived in Athens and get to be a part of all these like, you know, Northeast Georgia staples. But I think Golden Pantry is truly a staple. Um, I think getting a biscuit uh, from Golden Pantry on your way into Athens, maybe in Watkinsville or when you're in Athens, is one of the best things you can do visiting um, this area. And their, you know, owners Robert Griffith and their marketing director, Katie Morris, they were really pivotal in taking a chance on Peach Shade Light and saying like, yeah, we believe in it. We want to support local entrepreneurs. We're going to put it in our stores. Uh, and when you have somebody with a reputation like Golden Pantry, taking that chance on you, it gives you credibility elsewhere and for other places to be willing to pick you up. Another really early adopter uh, was Paloma Park. Um, yeah. Paloma Park is a big time bar in Athens. Uh, Jason Dunn is kind of an owner of a whole group of bars there in Athens, but Paloma Park in particular, their GM, Hank Sewell, they, they looked at, they liked the vision and they were, are, they were super generous and really our first on-premise partner as well. So those two, I always like to sh shout out first because they really were pivotal in the on-premise and off-premise spaces to give me credibility to kind of move elsewhere and say like, hey, this this place is doing it. It's working. It could work at your, you know, business as well. Yeah. And I love that, that both of those uh, places are involved in the story. Number one, cause I mean, look, Golden Pantry is a, it's Athens born, right? So yeah. 
I, I love that, that that's a piece of it. And Plum Park is so awesome and so fun. Awesome outdoor space, such a festive atmosphere on game day weekends. Like one of the, I think, better places to go. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's outstanding. So, so I love that. And um, I think too, and I, I think we should talk about this and highlight this. You're a big part of this. Okay. I think people buy people as much as they buy product. I think more than they buy product. And I think your personality and I think you're easy to engage. And I think all of that's a piece of it. So I think you should give yourself a lot of credit for oh, this because I think it's, um, it, it's an easy thing to get behind because of who is behind it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a big part of it. And I also think too, you're very genuine and open with the consumers of the brand, right? That's part of what we love about your social presence is that you're out front. So you don't have to kind of search around and guess who is Peach State Light. You are Peach State Light. The two are synonymous. Um, was that intentional or is that just part of your personality being gregarious and it just always seemed that way? Or how did that materialize? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good question. I think it's kind of how I've always been and it's how I grew up and what I grew up in. I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs you know my grandfather kind of hoisted our family from uh, you know farmers you know the generation before to kind of a firmly in the middle class through entrepreneurship and building a business uh, modern body shop again you know we fix cars a really fundamental need um which I, I do think we are the unofficial body shop of georgia football um we fix a lot of Georgia football players' cars. Jack Podlesny, we fixed his car several times. The, who, what's our punter, our Australian punter? Oh, Brett Thorson. His car his uh, car is actually at the shop right now, but he's back home, and so it's just kind of waiting at the shop. When he gets back, it's repaired. Um, anyway, that's off topic. But, you know, seeing my family and the way they treated customers, and they are forward-facing, and people always knew who they could call, my dad's always been a resource for people in the community when they don't know what to do with their car. Um, even if it's not something we do, he always can help put them in the right direction. Uh, my time at ESP, um, you know, in the nonprofit world, it's so community driven and you have to be, um, you have to go out and tell people what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you really, it really inspires you because you see how generous the community is around you. Um, and that's what I wanted the beer to be. I think, one of my big revelations in the beer brand, kind of when we were coming up with it and coming up with the actual labeling and stuff, I had a buddy who's from Raleigh, North Carolina, who lives in Athens now, called me because he knows I'm from here, grew up here. And he says, hey, I need to get some trees taken out of my backyard. Do you know a good tree guy? Like, yeah, of course I do. It's my best friend growing up, Seth. Here's Seth's number. And so I sent him his number and it kind of clicked with me. And it's like, okay, I know a tree guy. I'm a car guy. Like I have these resources. Like I'm going to be the beer guy. And so if you look at our label, you'll see my phone number is on the can. Um, so it says, you know, for more info, call Jake. I feel, you know, multiple calls a week because I want to be accessible to people. And I want, if people have questions, I want to tell them. And so uh, that was kind of the inspiration, that local feel. But yeah, that's just always been a value of our families is just to be there for people and to answer questions on stuff that you know about. And yeah, I want people to feel like this isn't some big corporate shill. These are just real people who want to make like a good beer that the people of Georgia are proud of. And if you want to call and talk about it, you can call me and we can talk about it. You know, it's that simple. So uh, yeah, I think it's just kind of how I was raised in the environment I grew up with um, between that and then my time at ESP. Now, you touched on the logo a little bit. I'm, I'm keenly interested in this because I love the creative process behind things like that. So what was the story behind the logo and what yeah. was the idea behind it? And were there other contenders and how did you end up settling on the look and all those type things? There were a few uh, <laughs> other contenders. I worked with a couple um Graphic artists, I've, I feel like I have good ideas, but um, my talent doesn't exactly lie there. I kind of just could help steer it that way. So we had a few different options to go with, and I kind of pulled a variety of friends just to ask what people wanted. Um, and to be honest, the one that of most of the people I pulled, a different logo was more popular, um, but it was so close 
and I prefer the one that we use now. So it's like, no, we're going to use the one that, you know, it's close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think people, you know, I had to like show the whole vision and it was hard to see in just the logo without it being on the can. Um, but the idea um, was very much, I want it to first of all look like a beer that your dad or your grandpa maybe drank, you know, something classic, old school kind of, uh, it will always work. I didn't want to go too over the top gimmicky. I just wanted to be like simple, something that's easily translatable. Um, I wanted it to look very much like the state of Georgia. Um, and I wanted not just Georgia fans to drink it. I want Georgia Tech fans to want to drink it. I want Georgia Southern fans to want to drink right, it. Right, right. Braves fans and Falcons fans and just fans of the state in general to want to drink it. So I kind of shied away from any school colors. It's cream and green and a little bit of gold. And that's more of a nod to the 96 Olympics than anything with that green and gold. Um, but then I wanted the can just to scream subtle details to our state. And so when you look at it, um, you'll see kind of in the crest, there's 13 stars for the 13th colony. You'll see a big brown bird on it. That's our state bird. That's a brown thrasher. Um, one thing I've wanted to do is all these really cool brands that I told you about like Lone Star and Old Style and Narragansett, they have these cool stories where they were founded in the 1880s and there's such a legacy, but the South just wasn't doing beer like that then. We didn't have the, it was too warm of a climate. Um, we were in the Bible Belt. It just was a different time. And so that beer history wasn't as strong here. Uh, but I wasn't going to put 2022 on a can of beer. Uh, um, <laughs> but like, what is, what is Georgia? What is still true to Georgia? And what can give us a good date? Uh, and so that's where you see 1788. That's when Georgia was ratified and officially a state um, in the union. And so that's where that date comes from. If you see it, it is still a true date to our state, um, but not the brand, obviously, because um, I'm not, yeah, 2022 would have looked stupid. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. And I just, I wanted to put that all together and I wanted it to look clean and easily translatable. I wanted it to get a message across very quickly. Um, and so that was kind of the whole goal behind the branding of it all. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love the, the usage of the green, number one, because, right, you want it to be kind of agnostic from a rooting interest perspective. Yeah. And I feel like that is tied to a lot of things in Georgia yep. is where your allegiances are. So, so I love that piece of it. Um, and I think, too, the tie back to the Olympics is cool, too, because what a big moment that was for not just Atlanta, but the entire state and kind of yeah. catapulted Atlanta on the world scene. So yeah. um, I love the piece of that, too. So. Uh, and I guess this is my other question about it is when you started, did you envision that it would take off this quickly or did you think it would be kind of a slower path? Cause I feel like for, what are we coming up on? Is it, is it 11 months, almost a year now since? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been an eventful first year and did right. you anticipate it being that way? Or did you think, hey, this is going to take a little time to get off the ground? Or I guess what were your expectations in your mind? Yeah, um, I think the benefit of me being a part of this, um, I read a book, uh, Rick Rubin, the great producer, the music producer, he wrote a cool book just about creativity and the creative way. And he talked about the benefit of the inexperienced. And so... I've never been in the beer industry. I've always loved the beer industry. I grew up, I, you know, as someone from Athens, I've always really been interested in beer since Terrapin has been here yeah. for, yeah. you know, 21 years. Creature is one of the most popular brands in the country for beer. Um, you know, and then there's some small breweries in town. There's Authentic and, and their owner, Paul, is one of my mentors. And the guys at Southern have done really great things. And Normaltown Brewing, it's a microbrewery that I walk to and you can sit at the bar and academia. I always like to make sure I shout out all these great breweries in Athens because there's such a good brewing culture. Um, and I was always drawn to beer with very little experience in it, actually. I just knew I liked to drink it. Um, and my partner, Aaron, you know, he's ran a successful 
brewery in Swanee for about four years now. And so my expectations and his were very different. Um, he's more grounded and said like, Hey, you know, it's going to take time. And it is like, he's very level-headed. The guy who had no experience, I've always just assumed everybody's going to love it. It's got to get almost disappointed when it's not in more places. And, so, um, and I think that's really more just my ignorance in anything. Um, and I think that's been a good thing for selling it because it's like, why wouldn't they buy it? Of course they would. And the longer this year has gone, the more I realize how much of a blessing it's been that it's picked up as well it ha- as well as it has and how quickly it has translated with some people. Um and then what's great is there's just still so much opportunity out there. There are so yeah. many people who have still never heard of Peach State Light. And that's okay. Um, it just means there's more. There's always stuff to be working on. Um, so, yeah, I think my ignorance and inexperience said, yeah, I, I would expect that. Uh, but the longer I've been apart and been doing it, the more I am blown away by the reception it's gotten. Whereas my partner Aaron the whole time has been like, yeah, this stuff just doesn't happen for everybody. And so it's, it's been fun to see. I love that you, that Rick Rubin's a part of that, that kind of thought process, right? Because correct me if I'm wrong. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill wrong on this but he plays no instruments can't sing any of this stuff right and yet he has been involved with the biggest acts on the planet and i saw an interview with him once and uh or maybe it was somebody that worked with him like you know what's rick's magic he's like i don't know man he just knows what he likes (laughs) and uh I, i almost think there's some there's some exuberance to the ignorance, right? It's like, look, I don't really care what the technical part of it is. I don't care what the like quote unquote straight path is or how everybody's always done it. I just know what I like. I know how I want to do it and I'm going to roll that way. And I think that's a, that's a part of your story too. Um, And I think part of what is attractive about that is it's genuine, right? It's authentic and people want to get behind that. So yeah, man, I, I love that. Rick Rubin was not what I was anticipating, brother, but I'm real happy that that yeah. came out. <laughs> no, it's, um, and I try, you know, I, that's how I get inspired. I try to look at people who are doing cool stuff and take bits of what they're doing. And I've always been attracted to entrepreneurship. And, you know, you talk about great podcasts. I think how I built this with Guy Raz, if you've ever yeah. heard that, it's a great podcast. And yeah, I always talk about the, the um, Todd Graves interview in particular with uh raising canes yep and just his laser focus on you know he started growing and people wanted him to expand this menu and diversify and he said no we're just going to do chicken fingers fries and toast really well yeah. um and and that that type of i try to pick up little things that inspire me what other people are doing and that's something that resonated it's like I don't need to make a whole portfolio of beer. Like I just want to make a single beer and make it good and make it easy to understand and for people to enjoy and be happy to be drinking it. Yeah. I love that. And I, and I think too, the travel piece of it is important because you're kind of seeing it work in other markets. So it's just like, I know it can work, right? It's just, I have to produce a product that people can get behind. And I think, you know, obviously that's the hard part, but you know, getting to that point and getting to, I guess, the space of this is a, what I want to do and b what the path forward looks like, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a roadmap at least to go. It's not like you're, you're trying to recreate the wheel here. Like right. you, you have a little bit of a, a path to follow. So I think that's great, man. Well, um, we want to close with you today, how we close with all of our guests. We do something called the smart 16, which are 16 kind of quick questions yeah, in a little bit of an homage to Coach Smart and the number that he wore when he it. was uh, playing between the hedges. So question number one, what is your middle name? Thomas. So Jacob Thomas. And is that 
family name? Is it family inspired? Like is somebody in the lineage or just yeah. something your parents like? On my mom's side, someone that my parents, um, she had an uncle with that name, Thomas. Yeah, I love that. All right. Who is your favorite dog of all time? My favorite dog of all time, uh, AJ Green. Oh, that's a good one. You know, he's not been an answer yet. AJ Green hailing from Somerville, South Carolina, yeah. which is just a bit up the road from us. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, so talented, so cool. Um, I remember rain jacket on against Arizona State in a game that we should have. We're so much more talented than Arizona State. And A.J. Green has to save the team by blocking a field goal. I mean, just incredible. So, I don't know if there's been a more fluid athlete to wear – the red and black and AJ. He was just so crisp. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I may know the answer to this because you did allude to it a little bit earlier, but what is your uh, favorite game you've ever experienced as a dogs fan? My favorite game. I've, you know, I really did enjoy that Georgia LSU game was awesome. Um, But my favorite was Indianapolis, you know, me and my wife, we drove with another friend. As soon as the Braves won the World Series, I didn't go to any of the World Series games. I told uh, Annie Kay, I was like, we're not going to miss a national championship. I can't do this. And so we bought tickets. They ended up getting cheaper than what we paid for them. I don't care at all. I was in Indianapolis with all my best friends who I've chased the dogs with since college. So, yeah, that was the greatest game I've ever gone to. I've, I cried like a little baby and it was awesome. Well, all right, we're going to have to take a little tangent on this now because my brother and I were there too. And let's first talk about how cold it was that weekend in Indy. I it mean, cold. You could have had peach day lights just on the sidewalk and yes, that would have been a perfect a perfect there, drinking temperature, brother. Yes. No, it was um, I argue that that was the perfect city to get the national champion monkey off your back because there is nothing to do except be in these bars with all your best friends. Yep. There wasn't any, there's not cool stuff in NDDOC. It's too cold to do anything outside. It was laser focused on the ultimate tailgate before it was so walkable. And so um, I argue by Indy not being that cool of a city, it was the best city to be at because you could solely focus on the dogs. I will always, I think now to, I hold Indy like a special place. Like I love Indy because of that weekend and that experience. And one of the things I was telling people in like the couple of weeks leading up to the game was, is like, there are so many bad memories attached to Alabama and there's nobody that I would prefer to have revenge against than them. And what is the old saying, right, brother? Revenge is a dish best served cold. Cold. I said, this is, this is going to be perfect. (laughs) We were in one of those giant bars and it was, you know, they're singing Dixieland Delight. Yeah. And there was nothing better because there's more Georgia fans in town. Yeah. Every right. pause in the song, the entire bar pretending that we were already going to win and they already knew we were going to win. And the entire song, we just yelled, you know, rolling down the backwood, F Bama, the whole song. We never stopped <laughs> in four minutes. And it was one of the funnest four minutes. And we hadn't even won, but everybody just decided we were going to win that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that, man. Yeah, it's been – that's some of my favorite things is my brother and I try to do at least a game together every year. And, like, awesome. we were we were in Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, and um, we were actually in Atlanta for the SEC title game when they lost. Yep. And so we said, look, we're going to go. If they're back in Indy, we're going. We're not going to miss it. Kind of same as you. Like, we will not not be there. And so, yeah, it was, it was the coolest thing and kind of getting to be there with him and experience it all with him. It's just been, man, it was, yeah, it was awesome. So, um, okay. What is your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? Um, I am partial now. My wife's from Dalton, Georgia, which is a border town with a lot of Tennessee grads. My father-in-law is Tennessee fan, um, and a Tennessee grad. So I love beating Tennessee. Um, yeah. And I feel like especially now and given last year, like that game was awesome last yeah. year. I, um, I mean, I, you know, the pig Howard fumble in 2000, I think that was 2013 probably. That was 13. Yeah. Out of the end zone. You know, being in, um, in Athens for the Dobbs, um, 
Oh, the Dobbsnail boot. Yeah, the Dobbsnail boot. All of it. <laughs> it's just a great rivalry. This year, even my wife's one of her childhood best friends got married, Georgia, Tennessee. She grew up in Dalton. I skipped the wedding. Um, <laughs> I skipped being Athens, and I actually started a bit of a coup of all the men in those. All the wives' men skipped the wedding, and they all came to Athens to go. And half of them were Tennessee fans, half of them were Georgia fans. But we, uh, ten, you know, football beat out the the wedding. So. Oh God! If that's not a perfect encapsulation of football in the South, I don't know what is. I I, I love that. That's what that's I guess what they get for scheduling a, a fall weekend. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. That's right. All right. What is your favorite away stadium in the Southeastern Conference? This will sound crazy, but I love Willie B. I love Williams Bryce. It's hot. It's in the middle of a fairground. I when I lived there for a year, I would just go to games even if Georgia wasn't playing, and I'd wear this stupid Hawaiian shirt because I didn't care who won. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think it is a, such a fun, over the top, hot, kind of so miserable. It's great stadium. Uh, our listeners will be sick of me telling this story, but I tell it anytime uh, somebody brings up Williams Bryce. But uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Program. And that was Eastern State's home field in the movie The Program. And they were the Eastern State Wolves. So the stadium was referred to as Wolf Den Stadium. So that's that's generally all I refer to it as is Wolf Den Wolf Stadium. Den Stadium. The yeah. first time I went to Wolf Den was uh, A.J. Green's uh, freshman year. And I just remember all the South Carolina fans being so sad that they're their, their South Carolina son was playing for the red and black. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it's probably like an hour and 15 minute drive from Somerville. I mean, yeah, he was, a uh, his high school coach. I hope I get this right. Was legendary. And his name, I believe was John McKissick and John McKissick coached at Somerville for like 40 years. Oh, and wow. I, I believe is the South Carolina state record holder for high school victories as a head coach. You get played so, like A.J. Green, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right, what is the loudest home game that you've ever attended between the hedges? I think last year, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, that is that is really interesting because uh, we had Katie Foley-Jacobs, who owns the Cheeky Peach. Yeah, Saturday Katie's night. awesome. Yes, she's awesome. And uh, that's what she said. She said it was the loudest I can ever remember Sanford being. I think we can thank Eric Ainge for that. I think everybody he was I think the provocateur got everybody a little um going. I actually my tickets for that game, my father-in-law gave them to me. And again, he gets Tennessee tickets. So I was in the middle of Tennessee section, me and my partner Aaron, <laughs> and I was played super nice. I was friendly. So I got to actually just enjoy hearing it because I was in the quiet part of the stadium to yeah to everybody else um and that was yeah that was loud and i think it's because georgia fans took what eric ainge said personally and they wanted to show otherwise so what you're telling me is you were in the vicinity of where stetson was asking them to call him from when he looked back no, i was opposite so i watched him run in and i was over kind of by at the horseshoe i was down at that end yeah, so that so it's that back corner, like by the UGA student section, the back end zone, right? Yeah, like by the Sanford Bridge. So, well, so this is the one the cameras didn't catch that great, but after the first TD to Lad, the throw, he yeah. turned around at midfield and looked back at the Tennessee section and did this and did that. So yeah, he yeah, was, and I got to be a part from where I was sitting, so it was perfect. Yeah, I love that man. That was such a I feel like such a a Stetson move. So it was so perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. What is uh, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater? Who are you? Who are you choosing? My favorite band, and I know they're not like the most famous, but they're an Athens band, the Future Birds. Um, That's a good the, one. Yeah, I love the Future Birds. Actually, during the pandemic, when they were doing some of the private shows uh, for my thirtieth birthday, my my wife surprised me, and they played a show for me and a hundred of my best friends at Livewire in Athens and I've, I've gotten to become friends with them some, uh, but they still, I mean, I think they encapsulate what Athens is so well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've done that concert at Georgia theater plenty and it's always just so fun. That's a good one. We've not, I don't think future birds has been an answer yet from somebody. So that's a good people one. Who are at a future birds concert are the people I want to be at a concert with. So it makes it more fun. 
Yeah, I just think they're cool dudes. Um, so yeah, future birds. I like that. All right. What is the cocktail that you're mixing? Or in this case, what is the, the drink of choice? We'll, we'll change the question a little bit uh, for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. No, I mean, beer is always good to have, but a cocktail you got to do as well. I mean, if I want to be a little angry before the game, I'll do uh, tequila <laughs> soda lime. That's just simple, but tequila is just going to get me a little more revved up. So I like that. All right. What is your favorite place to eat in Athens? Calientitos. Oh, that's a good one. So that's a really good one. I actually um, had a, you know, you have these little moments starting a business that you remember. Um, and, you know, my phone number is on the side of the can. Um, I got a text on Thursday. I actually went to the Braves game, that awesome Braves game Thursday, the 13th yeah. one. Um, but I got a text on my phone that said, uh, Jake, you have the best beer in Georgia. I want to get into my restaurant, dot, 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 Cali and Tito's. I haven't approached Cali and Tito's. That's Bruno. I haven't done any of that. And it has been my favorite restaurant forever. And so him to reach out to me, it was a huge deal. Um, so I'm excited that the Eastside Cali and Tito's will be carrying Peach State Light soon. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. outstanding, brother. So, and Thursday night, wasn't that the night that uh, Francoeur, Smoltzy, Glavin, and yeah. Chip were in the booth? Yep. Which was outstanding, by the way. I know. I, that's the only thing I was, <laughs> was bummed about being at the game, because the game was awesome, but missing yeah. that. Um, but I recorded it, and I've been watching some of that, just to hear what they're saying. They are hilarious, and uh, that call at the end of, you know, poor Larry a crown. I thought that yeah. was hilarious and yeah uh, actually funny enough at that game you know i told you you can find, there's a couple places at truest where you can get peach shade light yeah and i'm getting a peach shade light with some of my friends and this woman behind me is like what beer is that again because people are still learning what we are and he's like this is peach shade light this is actually his beer no one was like no way and so my buddy calls it i share my phone she's like oh okay well then you're not you probably won't believe this but it's true I'm Bonnie Strider. I met Spencer's mom, Spencer Strider's mom on Thursday, and she bought. I was like, well, let me buy you a beer. And she very nicely, I know how much her son makes. Um, so, but she very nicely said, no, I want to support you, an entrepreneur. So she bought 10 Peach State Lights for her and the people around her. So it was uh, a very cool moment as well. Oh man, that's, I mean, I feel like, brother, that's got to go down in the books. It's yeah. like one of the better nights. That's Yeah, it was a great, yeah, between Bruno, the Braves 1310, Bonnie Strider. Yeah, it was a pretty cool Thursday. Oh man, that's incredible. I love that. All right. Do you have any game day superstitions? Um, I, I, I try to wear the same hat. It's just a red with a black brim, kind of UGA bar hat. You know, one of those from the 90s. I've, I had a, it chewed up by a dog once, and then the next week I found one on Instagram and immediately bought it and got it. So I try to do that. Um, but, yeah, that's really my only probably superstition is wearing that hat. I like that. I very much like that. I'm a big hat guy. So yeah. anything that involves a hat, I'm in on that. All right. What is your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition, whether it is – dog walk whether it is lone trumpeter whether it's larry coming over the airwaves whether it's brooke whitmire with all of his game day i think phrases that have made game day what it is you know what, what's your favorite part um i love when we play saturday by elton john i think it's yeah awesome i love elton john grew up loving elton john i think it's such a great uh the whole song is so fun and i think that's what really gets me hyped I do think that is a very underrated part yeah. of the pregame experience because it never doesn't get me all the way fired up. Yeah. So yes. yeah. everybody gets out of the pom pom Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, black jerseys, yes or no? Yes, but for I think against Cincinnati is a perfect place for a black jersey. Yeah, I think you know if you know you're going to win or if it's a bowl and it's not to win a national championship, it's great. If it's before you play Alabama in the national championship, I think it's nah, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, what is the loss? You're still not over. Uh, I think I really thought we were going to beat Alabama, not in the SEC championships, not that season. What what season was it? Twenty twenty one, where or twenty twenty where we went to Alabama and Stetson started in that first yeah. half. We looked great. I yeah. thought that was going to be the game where we finally got that monkey off our back. Yeah. I was at a wedding in um, Fairhope, Alabama, and half the folks there were Georgia grads, half were Alabama grads. I was kind of pounding my chest a little, and then in the second half, I was like, okay, let's go to the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. That'd be tough to be surrounded by Bama people when something like that happens, because that was one that felt right, and then that – cheap field goal at the end of the half and then it kind of flipped the whole i don't know yeah that was that was not a great one was that 2021 2020 no they had 2020 it was pandemic my brother was uh at bryant denny for that game that night yeah yeah all right we changed this question it used to be what's your order at the varsity but we swore that we wouldn't ask it anymore until the varsity is open again now so we've switched this now the question is how do you order your hash browns at the waffle house covered oh okay i like that yeah we had uh we had coach rick going and and he gave us one of the funnier answers because he said i don't know steamed <laughs> yeah sure whatever you want coach oh, which i loved i said yeah coach you can have however you want them brother so I, yeah i get my waffle house order is a uh, country ham i get like a, a full thing of country ham eat it like a steak with covered hash browns and usually that's all I really want. And then uh, either a Coke or a cup of coffee. And now are we going single order hash browns, double order? How, how, how many orders are we going here? Single. I'm a, if you've ever seen me, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a slim guy. I, I have a small <laughs> appetite. So country ham and a single order hash browns is enough for me. Yeah, I like that. All right. There ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs, yes or no? Um, no, I like them. I like a noon kickoff for mid, you know, for Middle Tennessee State. I like a noon kickoff to watch Michigan and Michigan State before I go to the stadium. Yeah, like a noon kickoff for yeah, a crappy team when it's cold, so I can get the sunshine and then go get warm. So yeah, just for not big games, but other like small games, I love it. I think it's great. You get the day going. Plus, it's the perfect opportunity for Peach State Light Keg and Eggs. Yes, Kaganex. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And one yeah. of my um, one of my friends is Jay Chapman, who's one of the, uh, you know, he helps with ops over with the football team, and he's very partial at noon games because they don't have to um, after the game on Saturdays they're done until Sunday, so he gets more of a day off for noon games than he does for night games. So yeah, for the coaches' sake, I I, I like that they get some noon games too. It's, it's funny you bring that up because a lot of the coaches that we've had on and or former players that we've had on are always like, well, from a player's perspective, a coach's perspective, we love a noon game because we're done and then we kind of get to enjoy a Saturday, watch yeah. some games, hang out with our friends and family. So I totally get that and, I love and that it. piece of it. Yeah, yeah, I, love, I, I like yeah. that. Get a Bloody Mary. You know, me, we live, you know, it's probably about a – 35-minute walk to the stadium from our house. Oh, perfect. Get a big Bloody Mary for the walk to the stadium, and it's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. All right, last question. Not every game, but one. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. College football playoff, and we used to say expand to eight teams or find how it is. So now we've started to ask, okay with the expansion to 12 teams, or did you prefer it at four? I'm okay with it. I think you're going to get the same results. I think – college football more than any other sport there's really only four elite teams usually three or two elite teams a year anyway and so I think it will make it more fun for a top 10 team to go and maybe you know a, tw- a seven beating a six or that's that could be fun whatever those you know whatever those matchups are yeah I'm for it I think it's great yeah, we like it because I'm never going to argue against more college football, so I dig that piece of it. I also like that there will be an on-campus component. I, I will gripe a little bit. I wish there was more on-campus component to it. Uh, but because the good example, teams don't get that opportunity. 
Yeah, exactly right. That, that's my premise behind it, right? It's like, look, if Georgia's going to be the one or the two, we're never going to have a playoff game between the hedges, which that, that stinks, right? Like I, but it I is that, a good consolation for those sneaky years where we do lose two games. Yeah. If that ever happens again. But if we do, then maybe we do get the, you know, I would love to beat Lincoln Riley in USC in Sanford Stadium. You know, that would be great. I, I do think that's the other interesting part of it that we will come to enjoy and love is that there are going to be these neat matchups that occur on campus that we just aren't used to seeing because of the scheduling models. Right. And I also think with the move to the expanded SEC and whatever that ends up looking like from a schedule perspective, whether it ends up being eight or they, they expand to nine, which I think they will expand to nine. I think it gives you a little grace. If you have to go through that meat grinder Right. still get in the dance later and, and see what happens, see where the cards fall. So, yeah, I agree. We like it, too. All right, brother. Well, you are off the hot seat. Thank you for indulging us with that. Um, all right, before we let you go, tell our listeners everywhere they can support you, um, whether that be socials, website, um, and then everywhere they can find Peach State Light if they want to consume it themselves. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, peachstatelight.com. It's L-I-T-E. Um, that's my nod to Miller light as opposed to any other light beer. That was my favorite light beer previously, um, <laughs> but Pete state light on our socials. Um, we've got great gear. Um, that's something that I love is making great gear. I'll send you some stuff. Yeah. Like, some fun giveaways in the fall as well. If I'm teasing a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to do some good gear. Um, follow us on socials. Our website, we do have a beer finder and it's fairly active if I'm doing my job. So you should be able to, you know, type in where you are. And we are, I mean, we're statewide. So all of our South Georgia folks, we're down there. All of our North Georgia, all of our West Georgia, we're there. Just look us up. You may have to drive, you know, an extra two minutes, but uh, just know you're, you're buying beer from a fellow Georgia fan um, who's always going to be a dog. So uh, I, I love that support, and it means a lot. That's it. Well, look, guys, if y'all have listened to this at all, and aren't a unabashed supporter of not just Peach State Light, but Jake individually, I, I really don't – I don't think we can help you because uh, th there's some link missing there because he's obviously um, a great guy and has a great spirit and is a damn good dog. So, Jake, we love what you're doing. Uh, we love what you're putting out. And, uh, man, we'll support you every way we can, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. And, uh, man, we're looking forward to seeing the continued growth of the brand and, and know it's going to be big things ahead for you. So, uh Go dogs, brother. Yeah, go dogs, Seth. Thanks so much, man. I uh this was awesome. Thank you. Hey, George is better now.